0: Welcome back to Gaming with Gage, your podcast for role-playing games and the periphery. Thank you for being here. This week, I had the chance to talk with Stu Venable of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Stu started Happy Jacks back in 2009, and it's one of the best gaming podcasts around. We chatted about Stu's gaming journey and different levels of crunch in games. If you have great ideas for topics or guests, you can reach out to us on our website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. And as always, we ask that you please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Android devices. Now, with all that out of the way, let's jump into our chat with Stu Venable. So hi, Stu. Hi. Do you like the the natural and organic way that we start? That's fantastic. (laughs) So, Stu, uh, you are from the Happy Jacks RPG podcast, correct? That is correct. And where else might people know you from?
1: Uh, I have a band uh, called the Poxy Boggards. Uh, that has been performing at the Renaissance Pleasure Fair in Southern California since 1994. Um, we've produced 11 CDs. Um, and if you are in the, the Renaissance Fair circuit, there's a fairly good chance that you probably heard our music backstage from people's cars and things like that. <laughs> uh, although we have very rarely do other fairs outside of that one. We played a some local venues here in Southern California as well. Uh, and the other, well, no one will know me for this, but I wrote a song called I wear no pants that was used in the 2009, uh, uh, super bowl commercial for, uh, Levi Dockers.
0: That's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's like my 15 minutes of fame.
0: Do you have a, uh, like a framed picture of like the clip from the commercial just sitting on your mantle?
1: No, no, uh, I've got, uh, they sent me a DVD of the commercial, um, like about a week before it aired, um, but that's pretty much the only memento I have from that event. I mean, the videos are, the, the video of the commercials all over you. If you put in Levi Docker's
0: I Wear No Pants, you know, it, it's all over you. I mean, if you don't think that's the first thing I'm going to do as soon as we're done with this. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that's so neat! It, it, I, the first thing that did pop into my head though was: um, Have you ever heard the tripod song, uh, the theme from *Mash* guy? Mm, no. Uh, you do? Do you know tripod at all, or no? No. They do. Uh, they do comedy music, um, and they. Uh, they but it, it, just the idea of like you know somebody with a memento from this thing that they're really proud of, and it was like the guy who wrote the theme from *Mash*. Right. <laughs> and oh, the Suicide is Painless song, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very funny. Right. Um, so, obviously, this show is called Gaming with Gage. So, while I think it's the coolest thing in the world that you have a band, and I was actually looking into some of that, I wanted to talk to you more about Happy Jacks. So, how long has Happy Jacks been airing?
1: Uh, we started, the episode zero um, came out near the end of July of 2009.
0: Oh, that's a long time. Yes. They had the internet in 2009?
1: Yeah, we had internet. <laughs> That's actually not, wasn't my first podcast. I did a podcast before that as well.
0: So would you consider yourself an early adopter?
1: Um, there were a lot of podcasts when I started. Um, so I don't know if I would say I'm an early adopter, but uh, I started listening to podcasts as soon as I heard about, heard with, heard about them. Uh, and that was back in the days when I would have to like download them and burn them onto a CD and listen to them in my car. <laughs> oh and wow! There was no, that's like pre-iphone. Um, there was iPods, but I didn't start out having one. I Eventually, got one, and that you know you had to plug it into your computer and sync the files to it, and it only had so much memory, so I could only hold so
0: many of them. And if you unplugged it at the wrong time, it just died. Exactly. Yeah, I had an iPod Nano, one of the. First generation. But uh,
1: I think... I think Angry Folk Music and Infantile Comedy Show, that was my first show, was... uh, I think I started that in 2006, I think. 2005, maybe, somewhere.
0: And what was that show about? Uh, It was uh, Music
1: and Infantile Comedy. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm a songwriter, so what I would do... It's it's the worst idea for a podcast if you want to have a uh, consistent uh, release schedule, because what I would do is I would sit down and write a song, record a demo of the song, come up with some little comedy bits and then put all the put it all together and release somewhere between like a 15 to 45 minute show. And uh, I started out producing a show like every two weeks It's a lot of work. And then two more shows came out that summer. And then it was like a year before another show came out. I think I totally did like <laughs> 18 of them. It uh, was listed on iTunes until recently, but I, since I hadn't updated it in so long, they eventually delisted it. I still oh. have all the
0: files. I, I, I re-put it up occasionally. <laughs> so when you decided to go into it with Happy Jacks, what made you decide to do uh, role-playing games? Um... That started,
1: uh, I think, late 2008, maybe early 2009. Uh, I had heard that there was, I, I had not done any role playing game stuff since the 90s. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Um, uh, got it, got get graduated from college, got a job, and, and I played for a while, and then I, I moved, and I wasn't around a, many people who played, or I didn't know anyone who played. So I just didn't. I didn't play for a long time, one or two games here or there, maybe during a course of a decade. But then uh, I went. To, I went to the local gaming store here in Pasadena and picked up the fourth edition Big Three, the you know the Monster Manual, the, the DMG, and the Player's Handbook, and started reading through them. And yeah, I think I want to run a role playing game again. And uh, and then people just started coming out of the woodwork. Even <laughs> there are people in my own band, and none of us knew each other were role playing games.
0: Thats' so or funny. Had done it in
1: college or something so a d and d game, and I wanted to kind of um kind of see what was going on in the hobby, and I listened to uh several uh, role-playing game podcasts back then. Uh, Dragon's Landing In was still going, I think I think it was they kept like they kept pod fading by like starts and stops. Like, it's like they would come out with like, a good episode. Fairly regularly, and then all of a sudden they'd stop for a while, and then come back after a couple months, and then go away again. Uh, and that was just like I just consider that to be a really top-notch show. Um, and I listened to like the Tome Show, Fear the Boot, Role Playing Public Radio, uh, All Games Considered. Is it all Games Considered, I think that's what it was called. But I would just I was just started listening to a lot of them, and um, I don't know, probably like. Two months before I recorded the episode zero, I'm like, you know what? I should do this because I sat down and figured out how long I'd been gaming. And I started in like 1978. Oh, wow. So I had a lot of gaming experience and I had spent most of that time GMing. So I thought, I I, I probably have, there's probably a lot of stupid mistakes I've made that I could um, share my lessons with all that with people. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, started the podcast and I did the first first episode like a couple days after my birthday in July. And then uh we started we started the week after that was released, myself, uh Stork and Tappy, who were both Boggards, um Friday nights or Saturday nights. And we'd record it and we'd sit and talk for yeah, forty-five minutes, sometimes an hour. And Renaissance Fair enthusiasts. It turns out there's an enormous amount of overlap. So I, I put on the, on the mailing list for my band, hey, I, me and Stork and Tappy started this podcast, you guys give
0: get a listen, and boom, eight, like 500 downloads. That oh, wow. So the mailing list was really key for you.
1: I wonder. Um, you broke up, sorry.
0: Oh, I was saying, so like the mailing list ended up being like a key thing for you.
1: It was definitely a, a jump start. I mean, I think for most of us, um, word of mouth is probably our our strongest ally when it comes to to publicizing podcasts and getting them discovered uh, and the the larger pool of people you're able to start with, I think is going to determine how quickly you can grow your audience and that I just happen to have this list of people who uh, there's probably about a 50 or 60% chance that most of them are, or that, that each one of them is a role playing gamer. So I went ahead and used uh, abused that, that list and <laughs> spammed them about the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it all worked out, though. So it, that oh, makes yeah. you a genius. If it doesn't work out, that's yeah, when you have right, to work.
1: Exactly. It. <laughs> then I'm a nefarious butthole. <laughs> Horrible spammer.
0: <clears throat> I'm sure no one's ever called you that before.
1: No. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm really uh, – we still have that mailing list. It's not nearly as large as it used to be. But uh, uh, I've always been real self-conscious about making sure I put something on there that is of value to people and I'm not using it just to promote stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I think is why people have not unsubs- unsubscribed from it. But it, it doesn't work, obviously. I mean, if you look what happened with Gmail when they divided it and they have the social and the promotions tabs now. Mm-hmm that really kind of destroyed the usefulness of uh, not not destroyed but really lessened the usefulness of
0: yeah definitely i uh i tried i started to start an email list i have uh, one email and it is a fellow podcaster right. <laughs> it's just it's, a, it's an interesting thing to see especially when you talk about you know starting 06 with your first show and then going into happy jacks in 09 the uh the way things change in terms of technology because like discord and twitch wasn't really even on the radar
1: oh yeah absolutely yeah there's nothing there was
0: nothing uh,
1: there was back then there was no streaming service we could use if we even if we wanted to live stream uh i think the first thing i ended up using Ah, oh, i don't remember the name of it it was an audio streaming thing for musicians Who wanted to um, either play their recorded music or record or play stuff live? Mixler, M I X L E R, Mm -hmm. and I found that it was free, but it was audio only. And uh, I'm gonna say in about 2012, 2014, somewhere in there, we started streaming the the Friday night show, and uh, and there we would have eight, ten people. Sometimes a few more than that. Listening to it, it was fraught with problems, you know, because it was early. And then after that, we went right on to uh, Google Hangouts on Air, which was great for a while. And now, are you guys on Twitch? Yeah, yeah. Now we're on Twitch. We're we're on Twitch, and well, hopefully, we'll one day be back on YouTube Live. Nice. No, you don't need them. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm, I'm very much not a put your eggs in one basket guy <laughs> and stuff like that because, and the YouTube, the, are you, cause we're banned on YouTube right now until like, <laughs> um, and it was a stupid, it was a stupid thing. It was, we had to reboot the streaming computer twice and they said, Oh, you videos with the same titles. You're spammers. Your account is suspended until mid September.
0: We know you, you're I mean, that guy who spammed that email list back in 2009 uh, Right. See, see? <laughs> it all comes back. Yeah, I was back.
1: horrified when we got I got accused of spamming because I <laughs> it makes me very anxious. But um that I mean if, if we had put all of our eggs in the YouTube basket to live stream, we would have been screwed. Because that's like, oh we're just gonna disappear for two months. Sorry everyone. So luckily, you know no, we're trying to be on our best behavior for Twitch, so no <laughs> kick us out <laughs> in those intervening weeks. But yeah, it. it uh, I want the show to be on as many, and as many things as it can possibly be on, and people can get it in as many forms as they can, because you never know when one of these companies is either going to do something like YouTube did and just ban me, ban you, or if, uh, or if they're going to go under.
0: Yeah, especially because Twitch. Like I mean, when you think about Twitch, uh, Twitch, the way it was created at all is insane. Um, basically an accident that it is what we know it as. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. They, they started off with basically doing, uh, the Twitter version of streaming, which was like, Hey, to show people your life. Uh, right. And then they realized the only people using it were gamers. So they were like, yeah, let's just do that thing then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That, there was
1: a thing called like Justin.org in the aughts that was similar to that, where it was, I don't know what you would call it exhibitionism or something where where people would just go around their daily lives with a camera and like i'm going shopping it's kind of like what uh what you what you see on facebook now with you Mm -hmm. know people's posts and stuff yeah but um and that was early that was a long time ago it was early web stuff but uh yeah i my, my son, I have an 11-year-old son, and he watches um, people play video games on YouTube all the time, and I've, I've never understood it.
0: <laughs> so, that's what it is. Yeah, so Justin.TV that you were just talking that about. That was it,
1: Justin.TV.
0: So, that's actually part of what led into Twitch as we know it today.
1: Oh, is it really? Oh, so that was a, a predecessor, or was
0: they? it came yeah, out we're, of that same... Yeah, that was the, uh, I don't know if you listen to any of the Gimlet Media stuff, but they have a podcast called Startup uh, Mm -hmm. that's all about like venture capitalists and trying to start a new business. And they did one that was all about uh, Twitch, but they didn't tell you that it was about Twitch right away. (laughs) They, They just told you it was about this crazy thing. And I think it was a six episode series, I think, but like at the end of the first episode, they did that classic twist and they were like, and that company became Twitch. And you're like, oh, wow. They did not have it together at all.
1: <laughs> right. You know, I I think I knew that because when we originally signed up for Twitch, Happy Jacks RPG as a username was already being used. And I, we may have set it up on Justin.TV.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, because I seem to remember, I don't handle the stuff with Twitch. Kimmy usually does that. But I seem to recall she had to, Call them and then they said it. Well, it hasn't been logged on to in like four years or something, or maybe longer. And uh, I don't remember how, but she was able to get convince them to delete that account and allow us to use that username. I need to I, send there was an no email. way. Yeah, there was no way I was going to be able to remember that password. <laughs> and I'm sure the email address I used back then was probably for from a company that doesn't exist anymore.
0: Yeah, I need to send give me an email, because uh, <laughs> when I started this show, I was like, Gaming with Gage, and I checked, you know, Apple and Google Podcasts. Um, I did not check YouTube or Twitch or Instagram or Twitter, <laughs> and so there's all these defunct accounts of people who, like, did something for literally, like, two weeks and have not tweeted in over a year. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, you might be I've, able to. Well, I sent them stuff, and I was, because I have the trademark. Like, I did it all myself. Um uh-huh. And I was like, and it's terrifying to do it by yourself because they're like forty percent of them done by lawyers fail, <laughs> trademark right. applications. But I did it. I have the whole. I have the little certificate and everything. Um, so I was like, hey, you know, you guys consider things abandoned after six months? It's been a year. I have the trademark. It's my trademark. And they were like, no. And I was like, you guys are jerks. <laughs> so, oh yeah, they are. They just don't. They, it's they, the the YouTube thing. They don't care.
1: No, they 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 don't. They make so much money. They don't, they don't give a crap about customer service. They've never had to yet. So why start now?
0: <laughs> yeah. But back, but back to gaming. I know we're just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I can uh, grouse about technology companies for hours. We we that That's going to be actually... Guys, we want to announce it to you now. Stu and I are starting a new show. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in for our first episode, we're gonna talk about our independent internet providers. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be four hours long. Anyway. <laughs> so I listened to like much like you were saying, uh I did the same thing, but obviously years and years later, of listening to a bunch of shows and being like, I think I have something to add to this conversation. And starting, when mm-hmm. I found Happy Jacks, one of the things I found that was so interesting about it is I listen to uh, a a bunch of different podcasts, and what you tend to find is, like, I have to have this podcast uh, for D&D, this podcast for Savage Worlds, this podcast for whatever, Um, because everyone seems to have their own idea as, like, how gaming is supposed to be done, and they're all very set in their ways at different uh, tables and different podcasts. And so what I found really refreshing and interesting about Happy Jacks is that you guys seem to have this, like, all styles welcome, not just systems, but like, Hey, you like crunchy stuff. You like narrative stuff or like kind of like a lot of, everyone says that there's no wrong way to have fun, but it feels like a lot of people definitely have an opinion. Um, and it seems like you guys are like, "Ah, I like what I like, but what you like sounds cool too. And that's just this amazing thing that I don't think nerd spaces get enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I think that, I mean, I do have my curmudgeonly side. (laughs) And there are definitely ways of gaming that I really don't like being a part of, and I'm not shy about saying that. Sometimes the other hosts have to say, hey, remember, there's no wrong fun. I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. But that said, uh, one of the things that kind of really irks me about nerd culture is people get super offended when you don't like what they like or if you like what they don't like.
0: And or if you like them. what they like in the wrong
1: way. Right. <laughs> and, and that annoys the crap out of it. I mean, it, it's... And it... and it. You know, I, I, I... Last couple of years, I've been taking my kids to gaming conventions with... And every so often, there'll just be someone who's like, No, you can't do it that way. And just... No, you just need to shut up. If You don't like <laughs> it. Just don't say anything. You don't have to crap on everyone else's parade, you know? And, uh... And, and and you know I do not as much as some people, but I do have the tendency once in a while to do that. I mean, I'm pretty much on record saying I'm not a fan of. It. And our show, even though the first game I played, leading up, well, first game I ever played, obviously in the in the '70s, but even the first game when I kind of got off of my hiatus and when we started the show was a fourth edition D and D campaign. And once we got somewhere around like eighth to tenth level. And these long, drawn out combat started. I'm like, oh yeah, that's. I remember why I stopped playing this game. (laughs) But there's, I mean, it's it's the 800 pound gorilla. There's a lot of people that love it and aren't interested in playing anything else. And and of the editions, I think fifth edition is probably the best product they put out. And uh, I played it. I again had that same experience once he hit tenth level and. Combats start taking longer and longer, um, and I just avoided combats. And we had a we had a great great deal of fun. One of one of our earlier APs was a um, fifth edition D and D campaign, and it ran you know probably twenty some sessions I think, and it was fun. Players had a great time. Listeners loved it. Um, it and it, if you want to get a lot of listeners, nothing helps more than talking about or playing D and D. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> See, I think the problem was you were playing D&D wrong um, <laughs> <laughs> What you're supposed to do in D&D Is start at first or third level And then by the time you get to about fifth level You're supposed to interrupt the game To tell your group about the idea you have for running And then you never hit tenth level And you never have right. that problem <laughs> Which was what my group used to do There you go
1: Yeah, and fifth level is actually where things become most interesting I think. That's when mages really start to become powerful and uh, they, they start really dealing serious damage, and lesser monsters are no longer a threat. So that's when that's kind of when the players I like think really start to feel heroic, and the and the game begins to sort of take on that epic scale because you're not going to get killed by Cobalt.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I also uh, started with cut my teeth at D anD D, and then uh, I I will still play from time to time because I think it's fun, but it's definitely uh, my preferred system is Savage Worlds. Um, -hmm. and I know you guys have talked about the, uh, the annoying, aggressively fanatic, uh, Savage Worlds fans, so I won't go too far into it, but,
1: uh. Oh, they've, they've they've stopped now. They, they, they stopped. They've been
0: replaced by the PBTA people. Here. (laughs) I hear you guys talk about PBTA all the time and I'm like, yeah, okay. I get it. (laughs) You know, I get why that's cool. Um, it's not what I want to do, but it, it definitely sounds cool and the games are interesting. Yeah, it's not my thing. I, I like uh,
1: more crunch in games than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like games that have of game mechanics to really you, kind of simulate stuff. My my favorite
0: game is GURPS. I I like Savage Worlds because I like the idea of GURPS, but I'm bad at math. Uh huh. So Savage Worlds kind of fits. <laughs> you know, it's it's a little right. faster, a little easier, a little lighter. Um I think Shane Hensley once said it's like the fastest it is the fastest, easiest, crunchy system. <laughs>
1: right. I yeah. It I mean it does uh, it I, I would classify Savage Worlds as a crunchy game. Um I mean there's that there's the chapter with all of the special rules and all the edge cases. I can't remember yeah. where it was in the book. And that's that's one of the things where um in some ways uh I like the elegance of systems. Like PBTA, even though I'm not really a big PBTA fan, um, where it's like, here's the Resolution mechanic, it will never change. But there are situations where it needs to change. You know what I mean? If you're trying mm-hmm. to do something... That's what, like, here's one of the limitations I think about. it. It's great if you're like, just trying to do outrageous things and be awesome and heroic. But if you're going to try to do something that's like really, really difficult to do, your target numbers still don't change because yeah. that's that's a core pvta thing and like with gurps it's basically just simple addition and subtraction but after you played it a while you start to learn okay well if the if your if your number you're rolling below is here you're going to have a way better chance than if it's here because you know there's a bell curve because it's a 3d6 system and <clears throat> i like having the latitude and you also get this in, in savage worlds where you can if you want to do something that's more difficult baked into the rules are here's how you make things more difficult. And I like, I like games where there is at least an attempt to try to simulate reality. You can Mm -hmm. get way into the weeds and it can get way too, you know, uh, way too complicated, but um, at least I like games that make that attempt because What I don't want to do is sit down and play a role-playing game and say to myself, okay, all of the stuff we're doing, all of the narrative that's going on really means nothing. The only thing that means something is that I need to roll a seven or higher or whatever on these two dice. So we're literally playing an elaborate dice game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like there's an illusion of narrative on top of the game mechanics and the more complex the game mechanics the more it supports that illusion to me at least so a one size fits all roll and always roll over this thing to me sort of shatters that narrative and it's, it's like we're really just playing who can roll higher
0: in some ways that's and, interesting cuz i don't i don't like it but like for kind of an opposite reason <laughs> which oh, is really? that i don't want uh i don't want my um I don't want my mechanics and my narrative. Um, because oh, I, that's something that annoys me about it too. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> if we're going to role-play a scene, I'm I'm very much, when I run a game, I'm very much, if we're going to go, because we played uh, the Savage Worlds uh, setting, East Texas University. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that's a very social setting and there's times when the monster's not in the room where people are role-playing and want to do things. And it's like, if we're going to go two hours without touching our dice, I'm fine with that. But let's sure. have the narrative be a narrative. But then when it comes to, I want to, you know, because Savage Worlds has rules and ways that you could reasonably succeed with, like, doing a wall flip over someone and kicking them in the back of the knee. It's, it's like, yeah, I want, that to be, I want that to be a rule. I want that to be a role. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that. I, I, that's, uh,
1: what, that's, what, we had an episode, oh, probably seven or eight years ago. We called it the Great Crunch Debate. <laughs> where Tappy and I were, were talking about fate. And, uh, Tappy's like, no, I think fate's a super crunchy system. And, but he had sort of come up with his own definition of what crunchy meant, which is something that this hobby does a lot of, (laughs) but I always, I always assumed crunch came from number crunching. So it was math. Yes. There's really not a lot of math in fate, but his point was, or his definition of crunch was when the rules get applied, when the rules uh, insert themselves into the narrative. That's a crunchy game. That's how he was defining it. And oh, that's interesting. By that definition, PBTA games are very crunchy. Mm-hmm. Even though most of, most people, when they think of the word "crunchy," would not think of that definition.
0: Which is yeah, of when course, th-
1: what, what all great arguments start with because <laughs> people
0: are defining words differently. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. My, my crunching. When I think of Crunchy, I think of, yeah, more like numbers crunching. Basically, how many uh, how many ways does your system have to skin a cat? I think is a really good uh, way of figuring out whether or not it's a Crunchy game. Because if I say, how many ways can you skin a cat in this system? And someone goes, any way you want. Or they say, well, there's only really the one way. Then that's probably not a Crunchy game. But if I have someone who goes, okay, what kind of cat? And is it still alive? And where are you? <coughs> <Right. laughs> you know, that's, okay, we're at a Crunchy game now. <laughs> Or what kind of weapon are you equipped with? And are you trained with that weapon specifically?
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I, 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 I go back and forth. I like the types of games people are playing with PBTA. Which, by the way, I don't think we said, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, PBTA is powered by the Apocalypse engine. Right. Um, which is all, what, the engine's from Apocalypse
1: World, Right. Yes. Yeah, it's 2d6. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think if you roll a 6 or less, you fail and the GM gets a hard move. If you roll a 7 to a 9, I think. I think you're uh, right. You succeed, you succeed, but there's a complication and if you roll 10 or higher, you just succeed spectacularly. And the GM doesn't get to roll. <laughs> I don't want to run that the game. The GM does not get to roll. That's <laughs> actually one of the criticisms a few of us have had because even GMs have dice collections they like to use once in a while.
0: Mhm. See, and I'm, but I will also, I will flip the other way on uh, something like Dread. Mm-hmm. Like, I, for one, I'm a huge fan of Dread. I love running it. I've never played it because I always end up running it. Um, but I don't know why there's a disconnect to me. Because, you know, you can make a lot of the arguments about Dread. Dread what, what are you really doing but throwing make-believe on top of a Jenga tower? Sure. But it's like, I, I but I love Dread. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, and I'm very excited for uh, to get my copy of Starcross. I don't know if you've heard about that, but uh, no, I have not. It's uh, Alex Roberts, and I think she partnered with Bully Pulpit Games. Uh, she came on the show and talked about it, but it's a forbidden. It's a GM-less uh, forbidden romance game <laughs> that is also played with the Jenga tower. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Where you start off with you have two characters <laughs> who you have two characters who. Obviously are very in love and attracted to each other, and you have to have a reason why they can't be together. And when the tower falls, either you go, This is too hard, and you leave, or you guys break down and hook up and the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. The best thing is if you want to say anything in character to the other person, you have to be touching the tower <laughs> at any stage
1: <laughs> of the that, game. That's that's uh, bully pull, but that's the fiasco guys, right?
0: I uh, don't know if the top of my head, but I believe you. <laughs> I think it is. I know she was developing. Alex Roberts was developing. It. I actually don't know if it. That's. I think Alex identifies as she. I don't know. I never asked. <laughs> um, yes, Fiasco. Um, I know that Alex was developing it, um, and then, uh, and then got re- partnered with them. And it was originally called Tension. Um, kind of like, but it was basically at that oh, time. It... Yeah, just like a okay. dread hack. Okay. But then, <clears throat> but then Alex took it and just developed this entire thing. I've heard a couple of actual plays. Uh, like, She's a Super Geek did a really good one. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's another game where I'm like, I'm, I, I, I am down with that, though. <laughs> like That's why I'm like, what is it about PBTA and Fate that I'm not attracted to? But that game attracts me. I don't know. <laughs> right. Have you, have you played Ten Candles? No, but I want to.
1: That is a fantastic game i've only run it once uh and we heard about it we had a uh, the last game convention we did a live show and a couple people came up and, and told us about their experience with it And like as soon as the show was over i
0: got on my phone and i downloaded yeah have you heard of uh cantrip candles no so cantrip candles uh is out of i think out of california um th- this this guy christoph i had him on the show too he makes uh D themed candles so like Stone oh, Moss really? Chapel, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I have his, I have his stuff, I, I love it so much. So he's got like Stone Moss Chapel and the Black Hound Tavern and all of these scents for your game. And I just picture how cool it would be to use those candles for 10 candles.
1: <laughs> oh, that would
0: be fantastic. Yeah, uh, just... they, want you, they, want, they want you to use tea lights because
1: they, they only burn for like three and a half to four hours because that's part of the time limit. One of the, <clears throat> one of the rules in 10 candles is when a candle goes out, it goes out and you follow what the rules say you're supposed to do. Whether someone blew it out or someone jostled the table and it got extinguished or if it ran out of wax, it just goes out on its own.
0: Oh, that's amazing. That's so no, good. Such a,
1: <laughs> such a good game. It is such a good game.
0: I need to make a note to myself to send Kristoff an email because that would be a great thing for him to do if he ever wanted to do like a video. Uh, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. we, 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 we live-streamed it when we did it. It took a lot of work to get the cameras to not, because we wanted people to be able to see us, but we also wanted the room to be as black as possible without the candles being lit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we had to go in and mess with the settings on the cameras and, like, increase the gain. or I don't I don't remember exactly how we did it, but we got it to the point where it looked okay on video. It never looked great, because there's literally 10 tea lights in the middle of the table, and everyone's just illuminated by those.
0: Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I I do a little bit of video stuff for my job, and I'm like... That just sounds like a nightmare.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I went down the rabbit hole <clears throat> on the Internet to try to find out if there are brighter burning candles. And it turns out uh, in the movie industry, there, there are special candles that are made. And you can buy them here locally in the L.A. area, uh, specifically made for, for people who are shooting films uh, that will have like three wicks wrapped around it. So it burns a lot brighter than a regular candle.
0: Oh, that's so interesting! I always assume that they just uh, just lit them, like the person, you know, with like a spot or something.
1: That's really cool. Well, they, they might, but it, yeah, I, there's actually a couple manufacturers of them in L.A. that make candles, all different kinds of candles that have thicker wicks that will have a larger flame.
0: Specifically that's so cool. For that. yeah. um, how are we doing on time? I don't want you to run late because of me.
1: Uh, yeah, Kimmy just got here, so we're, we're gonna probably start setting up here. All right, but if absolutely. You have a couple more
0: questions. All right, well, he, I have, I have two final questions. The first one is uh and, and this one you can feel free to pass cuz I am springing it on you. Um mm-hmm. one of the things you guys love to do on Happy Jacks is uh ask people to send in their uh their gaming horror stories. Yes. So do you have a horror story to share while you're here?
1: Uh I had one the the sometime in the mm, Mid to late '90s. I mean, this isn't a horror story where something someone did something horrible, but um, I decided I wanted to start playing Gerps again, and I found out that there were a few friends who were interested in playing it as well. So I invited two or three people over to my house to play it, and uh, and I you know did my typical over prep for the game, and um, we sat down, and I, I kind of went through a little bit of the intro of the game world, everyone knew their characters and uh, I threw out the first initial plot hook of what would, would have been the campaign story. And really all three of them are going me blankly. <laughs> and they, they're like, we don't... Well, they never actually said it, but they're like, we're not sure what we should do. And you're like, it, I'm, in for, I'm in for a hellscape. <laughs> there, was never, there was never a second session. I was like okay I'm done gaming I'm never going to do this again and it was like another five or six years before I decided to try it again. oh that's so sad yeah
0: (laughs) and then the last thing and then I will let you go because I know you're very busy Um, I like to ask all of my guests uh, if there's someone out there who's inspired by what you're doing uh, and and how you're doing it if you could give them one piece of advice what would that one piece of advice be if it has to do with gaming or if it has to do with podcast either both.
1: Okay. Your call. As far as gaming and G- specifically GMing goes, always look for ways to make the characters look good. It's real easy for a GM to quote-unquote win a game. But if you can make the characters look good and not make it look like you are feeding them or spoon-feeding them or or um, um, making things too easy for them,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: that's even, that's that obviously the best, but that's something I always try to keep in mind is when can I make the players look good? And that really comes down to the whole yes. And because <clears throat> when a player asks a question about something, it's almost always because they have something in mind and it's something they really think they're, they really want their character to do. So you got to have a real good reason to say no to them, Generally,
0: That's excellent as, advice.
1: <laughs> as far as podcasting goes, you have to have a regular schedule And you absolutely have to love what you're doing and make sure you're doing it in such a way that you can sustain it for the long term. That's it. It was a real hard lesson for me to learn with my first podcast, Angry Folk Music and Infantile Comedy Show, because the amount of time that took. Some of those episodes for like a 30 or 40 minute episode had about 15 or 18 hours of work attached to them. It was just unsustainable for me. Um, yeah. But doing doing this advice show, uh, I do about an hour's worth of prep during the week. And then we come in, we sit down and we record the episode and just being able to ha- have a you know, sort of a roundtable discussion show makes it takes the burden off of me to come up with all the content. Um, and that that to me has worked really well uh, and has become a very sustainable way of doing it. I mean, we're, we're almost eight years now. Or a little, a little over eight years, and um, and we've—I probably we we've probably only missed of the weekly episodes. 10. That's impressive. Yeah, and because and, 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 you, when you make a schedule, you're making a promise to you. You need to really try to keep.
0: It. I want everyone at home to take that to heart and not think too much about the fact that I had to push back the episode three days last week.
1: <laughs> three <laughs> days isn't that bad. Three days isn't that bad. It's when you. <laughs> It's when you're supposed to be doing a weekly show and a show hasn't come out in a month. Uh, Then you you need to either look at your process or or change your schedule.
0: That's why I do my show in Seasons. (laughs) Once they start, you'll get one a week for 16 weeks and then there will be a break. And I will tell you when we are back.
1: (laughs) That is exactly why I started Seasons with Happy Jacks. Because I figured we'd only do it for one season. I'm like, how much content is there really to talk about about role playing?
0: And sometimes you just need a break and it's better if I, you know, my thought process was the same. You know, I I promise you I'll be here every week. um, But after 16 weeks, I'm going to need to take some time because I have other stuff and then I'll come back to you.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking of other stuff, you have other stuff to do. (laughs) Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. This was such a treat. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. I'm going to let you go. You go do your show.
1: (laughs) All right. Thank you very much. Take care.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gaming with Cage. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to me and Stu talk about all different manner of things, and I'm very excited about this idea of running 10 candles with cantrip candles. Again, if you have ideas for the show, feel free to reach out to us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, our website. You know the places. Feel free to contact us and all of those links are in the show notes. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you all next week.